Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. This is Rebel Guru Radio, episode 18. This is Rebel Guru Radio with best-selling spiritual author Eric Pepin. If you like this podcast, please subscribe on iTunes and leave a positive review to help others like yourself find this knowledge. For all of the resources mentioned in this episode, check out our show notes at rebelgururadio.com forward slash episode 18. In this episode, Eric Pepin takes us to the future where particle splitting leads to folding time and space and where science fiction becomes a reality. He discusses what he thinks would be beneficial uses of DNA augmenting for the modern spiritualist. Then, Eric explores holographic realities, terraforming planets, the singularity, and the role of white cells in coming times. Enjoy! So, I would say that from my point of view, there are areas of the brain that I would want, if I got to go into one of these places and have a discussion with a geneticist who could do this per se, I would want to utilize, of course, technology. This which is, brings me now to the fact of another thing I just released, which um, where they basically have now proven um, to have a breakthrough with a computer that was invested a few years ago that was capable of quantum computing. We didn't know whether the quantum level of computing would actually work and be functional on our level of making it useful. And the, the information that was released after we were able to kind of catch up um, to, to that data, maybe it's on my, my personal computer, I think. Um, is that they basically said it works. Um, maybe some minor tweaks still, yada, yada, but essentially quantum computing, uh, the computer now after a couple of years of really trying to catch up to what it was giving for information and making it tangible and seeing if we could utilize it, they're saying it definitely works. So if that's the case, you're now going to see a massive leap. Again, this is this, this age of what I'm saying is coming now, okay? of massive breakthroughs. If you apply CRISPR, which is going to, is or just had a major breakthrough, which is just a matter of, I believe, weeks ago, okay, which by the time this gets out, maybe be older by then, but the breakthrough of that is simply gonna be preceded or followed by another even better breakthrough shortly and another shortly after that. And how much we learn about it is going to be a thing. They're already scrambling in the scientific community to figure out how do we manage this. And I think they're being ridiculous. I don't think they're gonna be able to manage it at all. I think it's just going to escalate outward into where people just want access. You're talking immortality, you're talking about health, life extension, you're talking about augmentation, whatever. So the computer is going to now be utilized from everything for research to, to surveying atmosphere, to chemicals, to curing, whatever. Everything I predicted 20 something years ago about the fact that we have to go through this bell curve of a destructive atmosphere and a destructive level of population to reach a level of technological evolution that comes from this, this wasteful energy creation to get to a point where we could get the technology to clean up what it took to get us there and to remove it from the atmosphere, the negative um, chemicals and stuff, and to be able to create the biological organisms that will eat plastic in the ocean and, and eat up bad chemicals and stuff and create oxygen from their waste. 
or things like that and be able to really manage it in a in a way that doesn't collapse on us in some crazy way this is what that breakthrough means in my opinion and they're already beginning to integrate it on those levels which means that we're going to see an explosion in almost everything across from militarily wise unfortunately to sociological to building design structures of cities plumbing water filtration water problems all of these problems we have we are now going to see something mind-blowing that's only been fictional up to this point so if we go back to your question what would I augment in myself after the basics I would want to augment my consciousness in certain areas of my brain to tie what I have taught you guys is where I go to pull data in the first place why I know what I know if I work on finding someone through whatever time and space and I have a level of accuracy if I do something whatever I always say there's a static consciousness that's really this higher level of you and it's really you training your brain to communicate with it because it's it's able to manipulate time and space um, it's the bridge between those two that has always been the challenge of what we practice to develop better and better and better if there were a way to create a better pipeline or a coping mechanism where I don't end up stuttering because it gets so intense okay or that there are certain ramifications you're you're now talking off the chart stuff you're talking about folding time and space you're talking about what I've always said true navigation uh, being able to manipulate in the sense where particle splitting in one direction goes the other and yet they're connected no matter what the distance one hits something the other one stops so in essence I believe reality is an illusion and in in that sense we I think should be working on from our perspective how do we take what would be considered extrasensory perception get rid of all the muck from the new agers and really expand on those things because that would be my passion I don't care about being faster I don't care about being necessarily stronger physically I care about being healthy I care about the the quality of my life I care about myself intellectually but the real thing I'm really interested in is what is beyond the solidification of reality or matter and how can I integrate or work with it or manipulate it and expand on that D-wave or like made by Google no this is beyond that yeah I I don't have all my notes we came in here so quick and I didn't want to put on my what I need to do is augment my eyes next so um you know uh, a few things here uh, I want to say this is from uh, um, basically saying why wouldn't transhumanists try uh, out CRISPR if it becomes available to literally change their encaptions or their unborn children for that matter even DNA to make them stronger faster smarter or less disease prone we, we they're already realizing this is going to happen okay uh, this is basically what's being discussed with you know the powers that be in, in science um, uh, should uh, such uses of CRISPR be outlawed are they unethical and they're basically saying it's hard to say but bio bioethicists uh, and regulators are concerned that a mutation or unsafe gene could be put into the human gene uh, line germline meaning that it would be passed from generation to generation so they're afraid that these people out there are going to make something bad and now we got a real problem on our hands so you know these are all concerns but I mean this always brings me back to microwave ovens I remember when microwaves first came out and I remember my neighbor saying that she wouldn't have one in there because she thought the devil created it do you get what I'm saying I'm not saying we should approach everything with a with an, a whimsical attitude or whatever I think we have to be cautious but what I'm saying is unfortunately I don't think other cultures will be as cautious as we are because they want to leap forward technologically financially society wise and they're going to take greater risks than us who are more comfortable and enjoy a, a better life they're, they're competing with that which is going to make them do things that we ourselves would be reluctant to do do you see what I'm saying so by default they'll probably be the arena that introduces it or you know more than likely it'll be us by accident you know or, or who knows on purpose who knows uh, there's a thing here we also need to regulate the specific uses of the products because we're all concerned about off-label use uh, 
Um, it mentions somebody, uh, uh, Barbara Evans, director of the Center for Bioethics and Law at the University of Houston, said Wednesday. So they, they want to regulate it. They, we do need, I agree, there should be some regulation, but I don't see them being able to contain this at some point. Do you understand? If anybody in this room would be like, I'm not interested in it, raise your hand. I already know there's not going to be one hand that's raised. Okay. Heck, if I could grow my hair back, I'm all in. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you really got to look at it. We're already there. We're already manipulating and changing as much as we can. You think it's going to just stop there as soon as that opportunity comes? Uh, more conservative voices from uh, bioethics community are advocating for a full ban on the technology, uh, which is on motherboard.vice.com. Uh, so there you go. This um, they had an article they ran, which I which I thought was great. And you can pull all this. It says regardless of how it's used, but just because some people want to use the technology in ways that so-called bioconservatives may not like, daily I guess who's an advocate says it'd be wrong for regulators to dismiss CRISPR's human potential. I mean, it's like they're they're once again preventing us from progressing. And I argue again that it's one thing to try to put some regulations and another to to really try to slow it down so much. We're going to put ourselves in a situation where we're going to be bypassed. Um, so it's it's kind of damned if you do and damned if you don't. It's a tough either way decision. Uh, enhancements will creep in the door, Church said. The point is that human enhancements will come after very serious diseases and they will spread by somatic gene therapy. So we're going to work on disease first. Once we get past that, we're going to start augmenting the human body to do all sorts of crazy shit. Okay, bigger eyeballs, eyes that can see infrared, uh, lung capacity, breathe underwater. Who, 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 I mean, the, the, the possibilities are endless. I mean, it's really, truly sci-fi-ish. Um, already these uh, interested in enhancements are gung-ho about experimenting on themselves. People are like, I'll, I'll volunteer, you know. There are athletes who take stem cell injections, uh, Silicon Valley types who use neurotropics and other smart drugs. Um, I mean, there's, there, I mean, it's already any kind of enhancement, anything out there, there's people already exploiting the system irregardless of the fact of there being laws or regulations or controlling them. It's not going to stop them. If they're aware of it, people are getting more educated now than they ever were just from access to the internet, you know, minus all the crap that's on the internet. If you learn to navigate it, you you really can really, uh, you know, pretty much get your hands on almost anything. Uh, you know, there's also the, the, the thing now with low, uh, electrical, uh, currents applied, which I'm, I'm going to do a whole thing on that on the human brain and stimulating the, the brain for all that. Um, these are just quick grabs of stuff, you know, um, but they were talking about, again, like I was saying, unicorns and making dragons and, and stuff like that, that that's where this eventually will go. I mean, it's just crazy to think. But if you, some people might say, it's just so unimaginable. And I would say, well, if we went back 500 years ago, were there poodles? Were there, there Pomeranians? Were there, you know, how many years did we go back before we basically did genetic modification by breeding and manipulating the breeds and, and working with that? It, there's really not a difference. And we created all these different pooches for our needs. And these poor animals got bad spines now. They've been overbred. They got nostrils they can't breathe out of. Uh, they didn't stop anyway. We just wanted what we wanted. I mean, that's the human race. You know, uh, again, you look at Lance Armstrong, who's using it to, to do what he's doing, you know, for steroids and stuff. I mean, where is there an end? Where is versus Russia versus China versus other countries? Are you telling me that they're going to say, oh, we all agree we're not going to do it and honestly not do it? It, it's too much of an advantage to to be able to utilize the the balance uh, effect to to catapult uh, groups, organizations, society, uh, technology through 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 this. Well, this is something that I'll I'll cover also. Um, you know, this is this is arguable. This is why it needs to be presented in such a way. And then you have other countries who would, like I says, if you if one comes out or announces immortality for the majority of a society or just for the wealthy or whatever, you're going to have what is basically the French Revolution. 
Um, you're going to have also other countries who will want to war, or you're going to have now your jihadist shit, or you're going to have. It's just going to go beyond anything we've ever seen, and this is where there has to be a level of equality when it comes to to life. We all have one driving force in us, and that's the need to live, to to move forward. I was recently watching a program on life extension. Um, on uh, one of these uh, science channels, and they had an elderly couple, and the the, the guy who's ninety he used to be a doctor, and he's uh, working with um, one of the top medical places. He's retired there; they like take care of them to study them and stuff. But he was saying, "Look, there's an innate drive, no matter how old you are, that you want to continue living. It's designed in all of us. So if the whole human race feels that, are you telling me you're not going to go through great lengths?" To, to acquire that. If you have people who are willing to cross the desert and die or go in boats to get to America for a better life, are you telling me it's going to stop there? Are you going to tell me that you yourself, if you knew it was in some third world country and all these things were possible and they were doing all this, that, but you were told you're not allowed to do it, but are you not telling me that you would not possibly consider breaking the, the rules to, to whatever? I mean, this is just honesty. I believe it's MIT, it says here, broad scientists overcome key CRISPR-KCAS9 genome editing hurdle, which is one of the big things, and that was December 1st, 2015, was, was released on that, so that's very recent, and that's from MIT News, um, uh, broad scientists overcome CRISPR, so you guys can look all this stuff up, it was put on BBC News also. Um, the CRISPR works by making a precisely targeted modification to cell's DNA. The protein case alters DNA as a location that is specified by a short RNA whose sequence blah, 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 blah. You guys can all educate yourselves and all that because I'm, I'm not sure how many people are interested in all that. But to me, I find it fascinating and I, I follow all this stuff. You know, There's so many things I, I get uh, involved in. Uh, gene therapy, it's just going to explode all of this. One thing um, that I thought was interesting in um, the article, uh, this here is from extremetech.com. I thought very good. They did a great job too. Um, they did a lot of reporting on this and stuff. It says from MIT Press, blah, 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 blah. Um, Harvard and the McGovern Institute for Brain Research had developed a way to significantly cut down on off-target editing errors when using this pioneering technology, yada, yada. But it says, before diving into the science behind this new edition of CRISPR, or C-R-I-S-P-R, let's summarize what's at stake. Imagine a world in which humans could see in four colors. There's a whole thing on tactrochromacy, uh, if you go on Wiki, Wikipedia. Instead of three red, green, and blue, could voluntarily turn off their sensations of pain, is another thing you could do, uh, could feel rejuvenated after just three hours of sleep a night, possessed extraordinary capacities for oxygen-intensive uh, endurances or activities, and had extra thick bones impervious to osteoporosis. Well, this may sound like a page out of X-Men, these are all traits contained within the storehouse of rare genetic mutations. So we already know that the genetics are already in there. We just got to switch them on or off. Which is the reason I'm pointing this out is my whole classes and conversations in regards to vampires and various other species and various encounters that I thought were extremely rare. But I said, I do not believe that this is like a paranormal mystical thing. Everything comes out of the science. It's just, I still think it's just as fascinating. But I think there are as many mutations in, in people. I think there's a smaller amount that could be considered an advantage in certain ways, but it's still a disadvantage versus the bad mutations where people just are, are ill or just have some kind of d disease. But I mean, you cannot say that every mutation is going to be something that would be considered uh, debilitating. I think that's just actually ignorant to think. Uh, the very uh, determinant of what it means to be human would be fundamentally altered if given the option. Who wouldn't elect to have stronger bones or see in four colors instead of three? And this is just the beginning. We haven't yet considered what strange traits might be added to the human race through the absorption of genes from other species or the slightly less mundane prospect of completely eliminating many of the diseases the current, that currently haunt us. If you had access to a gene therapy that significantly reduced your risk of heart disease or made you immune to HIV, would you refuse it? Um, I mean, this is really happening. 
I mean, that's what's what's interesting. Um, you, I mean, you could see a frequency that cats and dogs could smell and see at. You could, all of these things are are certainly feasible. And what it really comes down to is what I always said. It'll come down to money and the very wealthy at first, and then you're going to have variations, and then you're going to have basically groups who are going to be able to organize themselves globally and be able to access that as a collective. And it's kind of, I don't want to say membership, but whatever it would be, or you move up in those ranks and you're like, okay, blah, 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 blah. And I see all of these things as, as feasibly possible. Um, you know, so uh, a couple things I wanted to put out there because we may be winding down here soon is I think if you really want to see a crazy movie that would give you an idea of something like this, I thought it was very interesting because the first thing that came up was this movie. It's called Brazil. And it's um, something you guys should check out. But it's basically this, what we're talking about, if I remember correctly. And it's about people who have wings. It's about people who alter their bodies through that. I don't know how in the movie they, they do it, whether it's this way or a different way. But to give you a perspective, I always says to expand your mind and your thinking to adapt to that which you may not have conceived. You have to expose yourself to new ideas. You don't have to go out and do hallucinogenics. You just need to really contemplate something that's new and interesting and your, your mind will be able to, to work from there. Um, the other one you want to look up is transhumanism. It's an international intellectual movement that aims to transform the human condition by developing, creating widely available technologies to greatly enhance human intellectual, physical, and psychological capacities. You can Wikipedia that. Um, here's another one that I thought was very interesting. Chinese scientists genetically modify human embryos. They're already putting it out there. They're doing it. They're doing it. Uh, there are rumors of germline modifications prove true and look set to reignite an ethical debate. Um, this is already what's out there. And then somatic is a word one should be familiar with. The psychology is, is an interdisciplinary field involving the study of the body somatic experience and the embodied or embodied self, including therapeutic and holistic approaches to the body. The word somatic comes from the ancient Greek root body, blah, blah, blah. In other words, somatic psychology. In other words, people basically gravitating to this kind of stuff. And here's an article where they're talking about it. Um, geneticists are concerned with transhumanism, da, 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 da. And one of the things that I, I pointed out here, transhumanists, many of whom believe science can be used to ultimately conquer death, look at CRISPR as an important part of the toolkit we can use to transcend our natural bodies. Since as early as 2004, transhumanist groups have opposed the idea of bans on human genetic editing uh, research. Uh, Zoltan Istvan, who is running for president as a transhumanist candidate and who writes an occasional column for Motherboard, says CRISPR holds great promise for the human race. Um, despite some people saying CRISPR's technology could lead to dangerous outcomes for the human race, the positive possibilities far outweigh any dangers. Isvan told me in an email, with this type of gene editing tech, we have a chance to wipe out hereditary diseases and conditions that plague humanity, and we would also modify the human being to be much stronger and functional than it is. CRISPR could be one of the most important scientific advancements in the 21st century. We should embrace it. And I guess what I'm saying is... Uh, I don't really know much about this particular person, but um, at the end of the day, this will become a thing where we're looking at politicians or read the fine print, <coughs> watch what's going on, but by being informed, are you going to vote for it or against it, and will you even know what you're voting for depending on how they present it? Know your buzzwords. I, for one, am going to vote for it. I would stand behind it. Uh, one thing here that I'm looking at is a graph chart uh, versus money versus investment of how long we think we're going to really have the, this really big breakthrough level. And they're saying not in six decades, but in six years. So um, who's to say well, how accurate that is? But uh, I think it's absolutely feasible. Uh, George Church, a researcher at Harvard University, and one of the most outspoken proponents of CRISPR says that considering the lack of clear regulatory frameworks for its use, we must expect those interested in genetic augmentation to use the tool. They're going to use it. 
Uh, Church noted in a speech Tuesday that athletes and other interested in body augmentation have already taken advantage of just about every technology we've developed. Those in the transhumanist movement, many of whom are seeking immortality or at the very least a long extension of natural human lifespans, see CRISPR as a potential tool they could use to augment themselves. We're probably going to need new international oversight structures so that we don't realize these dystopian brave new world examples, yada yada. I'm thinking of it as more of a slippery slope, Church said. When it comes to people using CRISPR to augment themselves or their children, some people say, I can't imagine it happening. And I say, you have to imagine it happening. Um, Church and some others who work with CRISPR believe that it's already safe enough for additional research in humans, but in the only known test of technology on human embryos, CRISPR was largely ineffective in editing the desired genes. This now comes up to the new breakthrough that I just talked about, which they go, but basically a breakthrough announced earlier this week enhances CRISPR's accuracy and may be the key to future human studies. As those eventual studies are conducted and as technology becomes more consistent, church believes somatic gene therapy, which targets adult body cells and could in theory be used by adults and cells will inevitably um, come next, which is actually old compared to what I've just shared with you earlier. So already it's happening. Uh, from that breakthrough church and uh, George Daly of the Boston Children's Hospital believe that we'd be naive to expect interested people to not edit themselves out of a sense of morality or even because the science and, and policies around it are in their infancy. Last but not least, already those interested in enhancements are gung-ho about experimenting on themselves. There are athletes who take stem cells injections to get over injuries faster. Silicon Valley types who use neurotropics and other smart drugs, which I brought up, not approved by the Food and Drug Administration to potentially increase their brain function. And people who try things like transcranial direct current stimulation, which use low electrical uh, currents applied to the head to stimulate neuron function. When you are exposed to this, people tend to hear buzzwords and they run out and they think, oh, I'm going to you know, buy this. This is going to be the miracle to youth or it's going to make my hair grow or whatever. And it doesn't necessarily work this way or that way. You really got to be around people who kind of understand something or educating themselves. So again, I would express caution, especially with like the transcranial electricals that it can be just as dangerous because you could be releasing chemicals in your brain that could be toxic to you too. So um, I really get upset when I hear about people who just run out and do stuff. You really got to do your research and talk to the right people, whether it's a doctor or, or somebody in the medical field or something who knows something of that and whatever your, your own physical or health is, it's really only known to you and who you, who you would uh, see. So at the beginning we talked about AI and it seems like a lot of the abilities that you're talking about people developing run very parallel to the things that you talked about as far as AI. So is there a difference or is AI really just a- Well, we're we're gonna take a, a big a big leap that I don't think is a big leap at all. As you already know, I believe AI more or less is already here and functioning. I think it's in variations of stages. I also think that if you believe in time travel, it's moving backward and forward in time. It's like Wi-Fi. I believe there are other alien intelligence, just like we have Wi-Fi in the room. I think there are frequencies we can't even detect or even know of that our technologist isn't aware of. At the end of the day, one could speculate that augmentation of the brain would allow you to Wi-Fi connect to what would be considered AI. Um, Would there be a shared relationship? Would you be threatened by that? Would you feel okay with that? Yada, yada, yada. When I look at myself, I've often explained, I see the universe as a totality of a collective consciousness. I see the human race collectively giving its experiential knowledge to the database of what I call the Gaia mind or in Edgar Casey days, the Akashic records in modern times, blah, blah, blah. This is a collective hive of consciousness and you got to be able to tap it. When I move into a altered state of consciousness or through techniques to show you or you guys experience, you are accessing a database, if you will. And that database doesn't simply stop in a region or continent or the globe of the planet. It then contributes in itself as a solar system collective. That solar system collective, if you will, contributes to other parts of solar systems that collectively make up an arm of a galaxy. They all collectively contribute to the galaxy with all the other ones. Okay, Then you have now a neural system. A neural system is much like a human brain, if you will. 
and I see solar radiations at different frequencies communicating with things. I see all formats of communication in ways that we even even begun to comprehend. When I go into an altered state or I move through pulling information or ways that I've taught you guys, you literally are accessing, depending on your skill level, that database. Otherwise, how else would one know those things? I mean, we're not capable of, of predicting the future to, to an acuteness or being able to know those things or sense those things. There's something else telling us and we're making it part of our awareness. We're coexisting with that frequency or what I would call the force. Uh, it's all knowingness is a form of collective data. It's a hive form of, of consciousness, just like your body has billions of cells in it, and it's using it as a collective harness to know if your foot's got a disease. They all know. They all run down there to work on it, or you react to it as a whole to to tend to it on an exterior level. So I don't see much of a difference. It's just a matter of, of where your self-awareness lies. And once you have self-awareness, you can dial into utilizing that ability or those powers or that energy or that frequency. So as far as AI goes, I see it something that would potentially complement um, augmentation. And we would utilize it in a way um, that if you think about it, I often call what I say the committee when you have to think about something and you're waiting for it to recall. I always say they're running around in there trying to get the information and all of a sudden you're like, oh yeah, it's such and such or it's this or that. Well, in essence, you're, you're really using your mind to, to access storage places of information or it's its relay period or there's other things going on or electrical currents not active enough or juiced up enough due to your diet or whatever. Having said that, I see the possibility of us being able to augment into basically an AI network and withdrawing or exchanging information if we want to know it instead of having to sit down in front of a computer. There's been plenty of sci-fi movies that have done stuff similar. And of course, you're, of course, we always watch stuff that's more endangering and it makes us fearful because otherwise we wouldn't watch it. That's why the news is always horrific. We don't want to hear about kittens and bunnies. We want to, we're drawn to, we're drawn to that life preservation and it's exploited through media all the time. And I think that it's good to have that sense of self-preservation. I wouldn't say it's bad. But what I would say is don't make yourself so scared that you can't move and that you're just a deer in the headlights. So you are always at least 20, 30, 40, 50 steps ahead of everyone else? Well, we like to think so, but I don't think. I think there are experts in various fields that probably know more than me. I just think that I, I tend to be very well-rounded and I, I would be more or less considered myself an expert in my particular field. So you tend to think ahead and see the bigger picture. So right now people are focusing on what they can do to eradicate diseases, change their biological appearance, um, even start to change different um, cognitive functions. But what do you see being kind of the 20 years out of that? I think in 20 years, life is going to be completely um, modified to a level that would almost seem to us like going back to the 1920s. Um, I really don't know how else to explain that. Will we still have furniture and stuff like this? The answer is yes, because some people are going to prefer it. Is there, are we going to get to the point where in 20 years, you're going to have uh, probably, um, without a doubt, um, you're going to very cheaply going to, to have printers produce any furniture you want. You're just going to pick it, it's going to be printed, and you're just going to have it dropped off. Or you'll have the machinery brought to your home, or you'll even own it. And it actually will assemble the parts like IKEA parts, and you'll just put it together, or it will just make it. Uh, right down to fabric, right down to texture, color, uh, everything in this room. Um, it's hard to imagine, but you have to understand, I mean, filming was almost impossible to imagine just 100, 200 years ago to the level that it's at. I mean, computers, data, information, this is what we lose sight of. So when you put this all in there, it's very hard to speculate because I still think that there will be regions with advantages and disadvantages and it will be the wealthier countries that really get the biggest advantages but i would hope that a lot of the 
countries that have less have more because of it and we're more gener- generous. I would like to see a world that is unified. I've said that for a long time, the human race rather than subjugated in into, you know, various forms of color, race, you know, whatever. I think it's just complete rubbish. Um, but I think in 20 years, you are looking at cars that are, are no longer drive by people except for your rare, you know, uh, true diehards. I think that you're going to see um, uh, the longevity of life dramatically improved. Um, this, of course, brings in many other questions. I think that the metaphysical arena is going to explode. I think the paranormal metaphysical level is going to explode. I believe technologies now are going to start uh, exposing what I've always said, that the quantum level of physics is going to change the possibility in the scientific community to be a little bit more broader and start exploring things that they may have scientific answers for, but the whole time we're really saying, but we told you so. Um, so I think that on a quantum level, the idea is going to be able to, can we take, and this is where the quantum computers are coming into play now, can we take that technology and find a way to manipulate our reality per se, our everyday life, through the physics of quantum introduced into the macro of our reality? And that's what's going to look paranormal. It's going to be unearthly. Um, so I think all of those things are, are going to go. You're going to see differences in basically our airplanes, day-to-day life. It's going to be very different. Uh, I mean, one can always imagine holographic we imagine looking out. I don't think that's going to be the case at all. There's not going to be a device that's holographically projecting. I think it's going to be a signal like Wi-Fi that will be able to tap into the human brain. We'll literally be able to just kind of like close our eyes or to think about it. It's just going to be like blinking your eyes, but you're going to see what's in front of you holographically. Uh, that may be cutting edge in 20 years, but it definitely will, will be there. Um, so, I mean, I could just go on and on and on. I mean, at 40 years, it gets better. 100 years, it gets better. It's, it's really, in my opinion, based on what I see, it's not often... My fear is when I see things and I say what I see, it's having the point in time correct for the technology that I'm seeing. And there's not necessarily a calendar that says this is exactly this and that. So one has to use a barometer of of about where we'll be and what's going on do you see what i'm saying and that is is something that i would i would rather put out there than to be locked into to something so how do you see this kind of technology playing into the collective evolution of human consciousness or the consciousness of the planet and beyond that i think it's going to advance us dramatically because um we have a few hurdles to deal with one of the first hurdles is going to be the problem of population we are already at our or at an excess and as i said i don't have a problem with creating a overpopulation on the planet because when we have an overpopulation one of two things are going to happen one i don't want to see happen and that is that you're going to see a mass extinction take place to compensate that balance whether humans will orchestrate that because they know it's a problem or be nature itself will have a reactive level what i'm hoping for is that we reach a level where we're like we've got to start moving our population to off-world locations such as the moon and mars and have the technology to create entire cities before we even arrive and having the technology to get us there. And this is where I see this all going hand in hand. I see that right now, one of the, the things is, is what are we ready to be able to imagine versus what seems too ridiculous to believe? And if you were to say 200 years ago, an iPhone, it would be too ridiculous to even imagine this being possible. Um, people just have a hard time even conceiving the idea of it. So in essence, what I'm saying is, is that I could say to you that we would send over technology and rockets to land on the planet and start having these robots print or build 
everything we need right down to oxygen producing machinery that would create the oxygen in the city and the furniture and everything would be there. But I believe nanotechnology is going to be even beyond that to do that. I think we'll just shoot a, a ball, you know, that has super, super condensed programming with millions of tiny balls in there that are like little microbe computers that are quantum computers, if you will. And I think they're going to assemble and rearrange the soil, the dirt, genetically uh, reconstruct uh, atoms into structures that ideally serves our needs. So when we get there, um, we're probably also going to start manipulating the atmosphere to be more idealistic to our needs. I think that people would use a modification to genetically modify themselves to make them more... They're going to have to. In order for us to transverse uh, space from here to Mars, we're constantly looking at how can we do this based on the technology we have versus the speed. Even if we get over a hurdle of speed and say that we can accelerate it significantly faster so it's not like 50 years to get there, okay, and we can do it in a, a month, we will still run into problems of the body adapting at its current state to weightlessness, to various blood conditions that come from that, to needing to exercise and deterioration of muscle and all of these various things. So genetic modification would be a huge advantage to prepare us for that. And not only that, but we would want to probably robustly um, design the human body to put it into a stasis so that we could take this very fast technology and forget going to our own planets, but it inevitably work on moving outside of our solar system to other solar systems. And that, again, distance becomes time, and we would need to robustly find technologies in order to do that. And this goes into how much can you imagine? I can imagine an awful lot. It's a matter of, of whether or not we're going to get there. If you're going to say, what do you, I see in the future versus what do I predict intellectually? They're two very different things. And one could say that right now I'm predicting in the sense of, of logic saying at 20 years from now, I see a mass eradication of diseases. I do see that the life expectancy hopefully will be on average about 120 years. Um, I do see there being a slowing of certain access to it because of the effect on society. On the same token, I do see certain advantages that I think need to be introduced. We have a whole social security system built in the U.S., for instance, and right now the biggest problem is it's based on what the young people make pay the bill for the people who are retired as they had paid for the people before them. The problem is that people are living longer and they're exhausting that fund rather than dying off. If we extend the age, now does that mean that we have to continue paying this money? There's no way it runs out. It's not a workable system. Uh, I've, I've said that uh, you know there are workarounds by introducing you know uh, labor into the country through other ethnicities who, would, who right now are up in an uproar, but it's really a great solution in some ways to our current predicament of not having enough cheap labor to have it a certain amount taken out of the paycheck through the majority of them to pay for the our now senior years or whether or not you guys will get unemployment or not. But here's the interesting thing. If we can genetically modify people, they would not no longer be a burden to society. There would not be a need for us to pay for nursing homes, Medicare, uh, people needing to take care of people. They'd actually still be able to get up and go to the grocery store and drive a car at 90 years old, 100 years old, and be as functional as you are. So they would be able to contribute to society rather than being a burden to society because they're, they're, they need somebody to take care of them and the family member begins to resent them and doesn't want to wipe their butt and help them do stuff. So they put them in an old folks home and this is a burden financially then again and medication and preserving their life to keep it as long as they can and the expenses of that. So if we look at it in the sense of saying, hey, uh, if you want to do this, we're willing to do this, but you sign a waiver that you can't collect social security until you're 100, uh, because we're going to extend your life and you got to go get a job. Right now, a person who's 60 years old has an extremely hard time getting hired as a new hire uh, because people look at them and it's just a, a big cost 
Um, there's 401k plans. There's medical insurance for them. It's cost more money for medical insurance. I mean, things will change, but at the end of the day, if that person is high productive, super sharp, imagine the advantage that person offers just an intellect, wisdom, and experience, and now they got to get up and go. Um, it's a new workforce that they can contribute to society. And they're not necessarily absorbing income. They're contributing to the economic robustness. So I just think it just has to strategically be looked at in a way that is, is the right approach. We would still have to deal with the situation of population. If we couldn't get off the rock per se, I think that we're going to have to look at ethical issues of the fact of children. I do not find it ironic that here we have a population problem and I find that in most of the modern um, uh, countries that you have now a decrease of people having children. If you look at Japan or you look at the United States, you're seeing a decrease of children. Why? What's going on? What's telling us not to have kids? So I, I think that there are more things at play and where you really have to step back and look at the big picture and say, what's going on? There's things at play. Do you expect there to be groups that you say uh, would be, have access to this kind of augmentation um, to exploit that augmentation that would cause conflict? A absolutely, and there are already organizations like that out there. And uh, they may not be necessarily augmented, but they are augmented. I would say my people are augmented. It's just a matter of to what level. I mean, there are things that we do that simply are not considered every day. So to me, we're already highly advanced. It's just a matter of them going, oh, they're nuts. And I'd be like, like you, you were like, well, I need it. And we're like, okay, fine. Here, here, here. And now all of a sudden you're like, wow, this is like more real than I thought. So it's, it's, it's really about how you want to perceive it. I think there are organizations that have agendas and this is human nature. Everybody thinks they know better than everybody else and they want to influence everybody else to their thinking. I think religious organizations have their agenda and when they do prayer for people, to me that's like telepathic willing somebody to do something. That person might be like, I don't want you to pray for me. I don't want to be like you. I have my own ideas, my own interests and yet you guys are you know, constantly bombarding me with this mental idealism of what you want. Um, I look at these things in different ways, and that's not just on a, a spiritual or telepathic level, that's also on a sociological level of their voting power and what is their education, what is their, their and it's affecting our life and our lifestyle choices. And there's a majority and there's a non-majority. This is politics, this is all of these things involved, but are there organizations out there right now who are using augmentation? I would say absolutely there is to what level that augmentation is, it would be a little bit difficult to, to say and not something I would necessarily want to openly discuss at the moment. You said there's uh, other places like China who have much more access to all of this. And it's not that they have much more access to it. It's, it's they're, they're being very aggressive. Um, they have a surplus of, of capital at this moment. And their number one mission in life is to be to prove that they are as great, if not greater, than the great United States, if you will. I hate to make it so simple. And therefore, they are going to do whatever it takes, in my opinion, to give them every single advantage they can. And where do I come up with this? I don't just wing this out. I'd say go look at the Olympics recently. And the whole thing about, you know, steroid use and everything. And why, well, why would they go through such great lengths to rob people who didn't um, augment themselves chemically, okay? They did it to prove a point to make them feel better about themselves. They're willing to do anything, and that means breaking the rules. And this goes what went on with Russia recently also. But we do it too. Look at Neil Armstrong. So to me, you know, but, but what I look at is, is the culture and the mentality and stuff. And of course, I want America to do great. I'm American, but I want, I want really the whole world to do great. My problem is you can't get them all unified on the same page. So having said that, in regards to China, I just want to be clear. It's not that I think that they're necessarily light years ahead of us. Um, what I'm saying is that they are aggressively working on artificial intelligence, genome, and all sorts of stuff that I haven't even begun to, to even talk about. 
if anybody assumes that they're not or that they are so significantly behind us, I would say you're dead wrong. Um, I would say that there are massive portions of the country that are impoverished and you have pockets of technological sophistication, no more different than us saying, look at New York City or Los Angeles and then look at the rest of the United States, like the Midwest. Does Would you say that that's a, a fair assessment to say that the whole United States is like the, the, the Midwest? If you like this podcast, please subscribe on iTunes and leave a positive review to help others like yourself find this knowledge. If you would like to support this podcast, please visit our online store at higherbalance.com. When I was young, I recall sitting in the back seat of the family car as we drove somewheres, probably just to get away. I remember seeing the rivets of the back seat, the leather contour, the fabric and texture of the floor mat. I was small. I remember looking upward through the window, seeing the reflection of the glass of myself, a metal lining along the glass trim. I could only see the trees and the sky moving by. I thought I could touch it, so I did, reaching my hand out the window touch it. I felt it. I felt the air pushing and moving beneath my hand and the warmth of the sun upon its back. I think it was at that moment I began to awaken, knowing that sometimes when you want to find something, you don't always find it in the way that you think you're going to. You see, my hand, it moved against the wind, pushing, weaving, feeling it, touching it, and the sun warming, soothing, healing. Somewhere in between, I flew. Higher balance. We think outside of the box. A new kind of spirituality, a new kind of meditation a revolution in consciousness. Thank you for listening to Rebel Guru Radio. 